Welcome to season two of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful, fresh, out-of-the-box perspective. Every episode includes burning questions, spicy conversations, and tips to happiness. Are you ready for an amazing act two? Then join me on today's episode. It's time to get your new beginning started. I am so excited to be with you again today. And if you've been listening to the podcast for some time now, you know how I love to talk about life after divorce. And it seems so does Hollywood. But does Tinseltown depict divorce right? Well, you and I and my guest, independent filmmaker Kelly Lampier-Dash, are going to be the judge of that. Kelly and I, we go way back to when I was pregnant with my daughter. I know it's it's been a while. We actually met in a screenwriting class and we became friends and we've bonded over movies for years now. And in the last couple of years, we've also bonded over divorce. I don't know anyone who loves to discuss films as much as Kelly. And she's constantly writing scripts and producing independent films and screening at film festivals and winning awards. Kelly's work has been featured in over 100 film festivals all around the world. I know, that's incredible. Including the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Film Festival, the Athens International Film Festival, and the Golden State Film Festival. And for anyone who's in the world of filmmaking, you know that this is no small feat. So I can't think of a more perfect person to have this conversation about divorce in the movies with than my creative friend, Kelly. And we have another special guest joining us later in this conversation, also an independent filmmaker. And you're gonna have to wait to find out who it is. I know, talk about suspense right? Just like a great movie. So let's get this entertaining conversation started with some burning questions. Burning questions. Let's turn up the heat for 60 seconds. Kelly, I am so excited to have you in the studio today. It is such a treat to have a guest just across the table. So thank you so much for being part of this episode. Well, thank you. And of course, I have to be here in person to see your lovely face. Oh, yes. We go way back. Kelly and I go way (laughs) back. Okay. Are you ready for these burning questions, girl? Because I have tailored them just for you and 60 seconds is on the clock. So, okay, here we go. Who is your favorite film director? I would say that Ridley Scott is still at the top of my list. And uh, Susan Seidelman, I'm very nostalgic about her. What is a movie most people have not seen, but should? I really think everybody should see Parasite, even though it's a Korean film and it's subtitled. I don't care. It's it's a movie that I think everybody should watch. It is a powerful movie. Very. There would be more female directors in Hollywood if <laughs> they could get on the list. The list. Yes. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Dating after divorce makes you want to party. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. What do people assume about independent filmmaking that just is not true? They think that if they see your film on Netflix, you're raking in the dough and nothing could be further from the truth. Your film is just on Netflix. <laughs> what actress would play you if there was a movie about your life? I have a list. Um <laughs> And at the top of my list is Laura Dern. We love her. Love her. And we have been compared to each other many times. So um, she's a little taller than me, but still. And then uh, after her, I would say uh, Bridget Fonda. I really like her. And there's a certain vibe about her that I relate to. And then I actually have a biopic that I I want uh, Nia Vardalos 
to star in. It's an adoption story and she's really supportive of adoption. And ironically, one time on stage 32, they got her photo with my name. Ooh. They used her photo for for my picture. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Okay, when you go to the movies, what's a treat you must have? Oh, popcorn with butter. What has surprised you about life after divorce? I think just how ordinary things shift. You don't plan on that. Which aspect of filmmaking do you most enjoy? Writing. Have you ever considered writing a script about divorce? Yes, I have. And actually, I have a few in mind and um, just letting them percolate because it's still a little too soon. But um, definitely, yes. I can't wait to read those scripts. Well, listener, we are so excited to discuss films today with you about divorce. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about what we loved about them, what maybe we didn't love so much about them. We'll give them a fun rating at the end, and we want you to play along with us. So the first movie that we're going to discuss is one that I had not heard about until Kelly brought it to my attention, and I loved it. It's called Starting over in the synopsis, it's uh, when his wife, Jessica, who's played by Candace Bergen, leaves him for a chance at a music career, Phil Potter, played by Burt Reynolds, remember him? He's devastated. He moves from New York to Boston. He joins a club for divorced men, and he begins to have an affair with a free-spirited schoolteacher named Marilyn, who's played by Jill Clayburgh, and she actually falls in love with him. And then what happens is Jessica, the ex-wife, comes back. She wants Phil back because he's so lovely and delicious. And then he has to make a decision. This movie came out in 1979 and it was up for two Academy Awards, Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. And it was directed by Alan J. And you have to help me with the last name. Pakala. Pakala. Okay. I want to know what you loved about this movie and I'm going to share as well. And the listener hopefully maybe has seen it. And if not, should, in my opinion. Well, I'm a huge Jill Clayburgh fan. Ironically, I kind of consider her the the queen of divorce movies. Yes. She was in like, she was like in four movies about divorce. And uh, one is really hard to find called An Unmarried Woman. That was really, really great. That was also an Oscar nominated picture and she was nominated for an Oscar. But uh, it, it's just such a, a, a lighthearted look at divorce. Um, it also deals with a very real situation that happens with a lot of divorces that people really, I think, kind of skirt around, which is the, should we get back together or shouldn't we? I mean, that happens in real life. I mean, how many yes, people- the whole sex with the ex. Yeah. I, and it was even in uh, more recently, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. I mean, that was a big plot line. The thing is, you know, obviously he's moved on. And then now what, you know, now he's created a new life, but she wants him back. Which way is, is he going to go? I know which way. Yeah. So watch to find out. It's a, it's a fun story. It's, it's a really great character for Burt Reynolds. It shows him in a completely different way. I love that. I'm like, who is this? Is this Burt Reynolds? He was so tender and and vulnerable, vulnerable and very unassuming. He did not play this alpha male at all. Exactly. And my favorite part of this movie was the divorced dads, divorced men's Support group. Absolutely. I love how they portrayed men in this movie. It was so refreshing to me. Men have a hard time with divorce too, not just women. And they don't necessarily just jump into new relationships and they are grieving and they do need support. So I adored this movie for that. And I also love the comedic storyline with the contention they had with the divorced women's group because they shared a room. Yes. And they were always knocking on the door when it was time for the women's group to start. And they, I love that. It was very, very antagonistic. Yes. It was funny. But at the end, they come together, these two groups and they become friends. And I also loved that point is that we need each other. Yeah. 
These are not your exes. This is not the enemy. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. Yes. Other men who've been through a divorce can actually be great allies to you. I've experienced that at least. So absolutely. I loved all the layers about this film. I definitely give it four stars. What do you give it, Kelly? Absolutely four stars. Four stars. Okay, now we're going to move on to the movie Heartburn. And the storyline with Heartburn, it's Meryl Streep plays Rachel Samstadt, a New York food critic. And she starts to date Mark Foreman, who's played by Jack Nicholson. He is a Washington, D.C. newspaper columnist. And they have this very fast and furious romance. And then they get married. Even though she has some reservations about getting married, they moved to D.C. and they start building a life together, which includes construction and renovations on their home. And then they start having children. And then Mark does something. He does something (laughs) that has happened before. And that is the reversal of the story. This film came out in 1986. It was directed by the famous Mike Nichols and written by Nora Ephron, who I adore. Absolutely. A famous screenwriter. And it was loosely based on her own marriage and divorce. What about this film did you like, Kelly? Well, Meryl Streep. Right. I mean, what isn't there to love about Meryl Streep? And I mean, she, I mean, just watching that movie again, it's like every little gesture, every little movement, it, it's so perfect how she captures so this many character. nuances. Yeah, so many nuances. Like, but just how she totally captures this character, and and you totally believe it completely. And you see her 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 pro, her process, this whole situation. I, I could just really relate. Unfortunately, I could relate on many levels because I dated my ex for a long time before we got married. There were some hesitations in getting married, and we had we renovated homes too, and and uh, had had a few children so there were a lot of things and also then I'm a writer Um, he tried his hand at writing so I mean there were like a lot of similarities what I remember about this film as I watched it before I got divorced yeah and now I remember at that time thinking god this this looks terrible because it really shows her pain yeah learning things about him that were really heartbreaking knowing not knowing what to do because she's pregnant at the time when she discovers these choices he's been making and and I just felt terrible for her. And then going through a divorce, I'm like, yeah, it's miserable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's very relatable. In very many ways. relatable. And another thing that happened with her that I think happens to a lot of women uh, when we get married, and especially when we start having children, is whatever career path or whatever um, interest we have kind of go on the back burner yes. and everything else becomes our focus. And that exactly is what happens. She lost her. herself. She completely lost herself. Yeah. But you have to see the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how many stars would you give this film? Oh, four. It's Nora Ephron and Meryl Streep. Oh. How could you not? (laughs) Okay, I gave it three. I gave it three. Okay. Okay, our next movie is Waiting to Exhale. It is about four best friends, Savannah, Robin, Bernadine, and Gloria, and they get together frequently to support each other, listen, vent about their love life, what girlfriends haven't done that with each other. And they really want to be in relationships, but they have their own uh, individual challenges around relationships. It came out in 1995. It was directed by Forrest Whitaker. It stars Whitney Houston, Angela Bassett, Loretta Devine, and Leela Roshan. I think I'm saying that last name correct. What did you love about this film? Loved seeing Whitney Houston looking beautiful yes, and, her and healthy. So heartbreaking yeah. thrown away. I know. So stunning. I know. But yes. it was still, still it was great to lovely see her. to see her. Yes. I agree. Um, Angela Bassett, of course, is kick-ass. She always is. And yeah, there was that scene where they talk about like, oh, Bernadine's really, really a mess. And then they show her and I'm like, 
dang, can I look like that when, when I'm a mess? hot mess? I know. You know she like, looks, really? She looks picturesque. Perfect. Right. And it's like, her hair's a little must. But I mean, like, that's about it. But yeah, it's 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 a good story. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a hard uh, adaptation because it came from, you know, a book. I love the relationships. My downside of it is they're probably trying to cover too much material in a short amount of time. Some of it seems kind of choppy. I was kind of surprised, like, how it actually, how a lot of it actually plays well over time. Some of it doesn't. I mean, the whole title, Waiting to Exhale. Yes, after comes, divorce, after comes, relationships. Well, end. no, it comes from finding, like, the one. Now you can exhale and be yourself. Oh, interesting. I didn't track it that way. Really? Yeah. Because um, it happens, like, every time, like, they're with a guy that oh. now they can relax. And it's like, so that doesn't work for me. Right. But there were things about their process, the decisions that they come from, come to in the end, I mean, are ones that I think most women can resonate with. So in those cases, like, I, I think it still works. The struggle is still real. Um, so I think they cover that pretty good. Good, And I like that all the relationships were so different. Right. And th- that I appreciated. There's no cookie cutter, you know, situation. One thing about this movie that stood out the second time I watched it is how they they really present men as scoundrels. And it it made me a little uncomfortable. Except, with, true, for, for the... It felt a little extreme. For the most part, except for, obviously, Wesley Snipes and Gregory Hines. Those two were pretty sweet characters. They did come in towards the end with those two characters, but initially, I guess it's yeah. part of the setup, but it, it made me a little uncomfortable. But what I loved about the movie is how it really showed the value of friendship. Yeah. No matter men, women who you date come and go, but your yeah. friends stay. And that is definitely a message that anyone who's been through a divorce needs to hear is that focus on your friendships too, not just on romantic relationships. A- absolutely. Support is critical. So what would you rate this film? Um, just because I thought there were some pieces that don't age well, I would say three. Three. I gave it the same. Yeah. But it's it's fun to see again. Yeah, totally. Okay, the next film we're talking about is called Things to Come. It's a foreign film. It is a French film, and it's about a passionate middle-aged philosophy professor played by Isabella Hubert. She rethinks so many things about her life after she experiences an unseen divorce. It came out in 2016. And it was directed by Mia Hansen Love. And I'm going to admit, I did not have time to see this beautiful film, but I plan to. It's in my queue. So Kelly, what did you love about the film? I love that it was very, you know, grounded. Isabel's character is kind of funny. Like, I mean, she's been with this guy like for so long. Their kids are grown. They're both, you know, established in their academic careers. It was very French. Her reaction was very French when he tells very her French. that that you know he's <laughs> he's been having an affair, and she goes, she looks at him and she goes, "What? You can't keep a secret?" And you know, it's kind of like it doesn't even phase her. But the kicker is that he goes against convention, where he says, "Nope, I love her. I want to live with her. I'm leaving." And so that's the thing that kind of catches her more off guard, the fact that he's going to move out. Her reaction to that is funny because she actually isn't as heartbroken about him leaving as she is about having to give up the the family beach house that, oh, that, that they go and vacation at. Yeah, there's a lot of loss that you happens when you go through a divorce it's way beyond yeah. the relationship yeah and this this was a this was a, a family house in his family okay so she knew she wouldn't be welcome there anymore and so she knew she was going to have to give that up and it, it was it was bittersweet because it had all these memories, memories right. it was it was a lifestyle thing right and so you kind of get it because 
it, it has a lot of sentimental value. Plus, I mean, she's literally going to have to give up part of her lifestyle, a routine she's had for decades. All of a sudden, you have to give up. And it was a real, real subtle thing, but it really worked because that is true in divorce. Is that it's there's so true. always going to be some lifestyle piece you're going to have to sacrifice. A lot of adjusting, really. A lot of yes. adjusting. But but it was it was just really kind of interesting how they showed it about how she kind of takes it. She takes it on the chin and it doesn't really phase her. She's pretty, she's a pretty solid person. So I thought it was a really interesting I portrayal. I love that side of a woman yeah. after divorce. What yeah. would you rate this film? I'd say it was about a three. About a three. Yeah. I definitely plan to see that. I'll let you know what I think. The art you've chosen to bring into your life speaks to you, doesn't it? Well, what if you could co-create a work of art that says something about you? Artist Lisa Lovejoy offers commissioned paintings to suit your unique vision, utilizing her three decades of experience. She specializes in contemporary figurative subjects, animals, and abstracts. Whether it's art for your home or corporate lobby, Lisa will meet with you to collaborate and sketch ideas for the final painting. Let Lisa Lovejoy Fine Arts create something just for you. Visit lovejoyfinearts.com to learn more. Okay, one of my favorite films about divorce, Kramer versus Kramer. I think a lot of us have seen this. It's about a Manhattan advertising executive, Ted Kramer, who's played by Dustin Hoffman. He lands the biggest account of his career only to learn that his wife, Joanna, who's played by Meryl Streep, is leaving him and their young son, Billy, who's played by Justin Henry. And now he's forced to raise his son alone. And he talk about adjusting. Ted has to do a lot of adjusting in this film after his wife leaves. So I am so excited to talk about this film. It came out in 1979. It was directed by Robert Benton. And it was up for many Oscars, of which Hoffman and Streep both won for their roles. What did you love about Kramer versus Kramer? It was really kind of innovative at the time. I think everybody saw that movie, really. It started a lot of conversations. That was a great thing. I think you're right. You know, it it, it flipped the script about Absolutely. men being caregivers. Men's rights, right. Yeah, and men's rights. So that was a really important conversation. Thing that I never liked about this film, and I still don't like, is uh, Meryl Streep's character being portrayed as basically being crazy. A woman's crazy if she wants a divorce. You know, there's something wrong with her if she wants a divorce. Like, if she's the one asking for divorce, and it's it's been portrayed that way in, in some films, that if she wants a divorce, there's something wrong with her. She's got a screw loose. She's crazy. She's dysfunctional. But if a man wants a divorce, well, he fell in love with somebody else. You can't blame him for that. He fell in love. Um, and so it's always kind of a double standard about, you know, who initiates the divorce um, how they're portrayed. So that's the thing I still still have problems with to this day. Sure. You know what I loved about this film, watching it again, is I yeah. really loved seeing the film through Billy's lens. Yeah. Because I think when I've seen it in the past, I'm just caught up in Dustin Hoffman's character. Yeah, yeah. And now that I've gone through a divorce and I've seen my children and their journey, I was much more attentive to Billy's journey. Yeah. And I thought that, first of all, that actor, Justin Henry, right. was incredible, amazing. Yeah. amazing. But it really gives you so much I have so much more empathy now for what children go through when this happens to them. Absolutely. Because yeah. he had no say no in control. any of it. Yeah, it's no control. And he was such a brilliant little light throughout the whole movie. Okay, what would you rate this movie, Kelly? A three. I would give it a four. I'm giving it a four. <laughs> it's the first four of the episode. Okay, now we're moving on to a very different movie, Gloria Bell. Yeah. Oh, my word. Ah, <laughs> oh, this movie. Okay, it's about a free-spirited divorcee played by Julianne Moore, who spends nights on the dance floor, joyfully letting loose at clubs in Los Angeles. 
and she soon finds herself thrust into an unexpected new romance, which has many joys uh, and also some complications. Ah, this kind of resonated with me. I bet you're shocked. I bet you're shocked. Uh, The film came out in 2018. It was directed by Sebastian Lelio? Lilio? Okay, I'm going to start first. Okay, I thought Jillian Moore, I loved how she was just herself. Yeah. She wasn't really trying to be anybody else. She was just trying to make her way in the world. She had a simple life. She had yeah. simple pleasures. She loved her children. I like how they portrayed her having a yeah. pretty amicable relationship with her ex-husband. Yeah. And how she was kind to his partner. And I appreciated all of that. She had kind of gotten through past her divorce. Yeah. And she was still trying to figure out relationships Again, sounds familiar. And then she starts dating this gentleman who has some great intentions, but he hasn't done his work, in my opinion. And that's where things get complicated. But the ending had the best payoff. I had to watch it a couple of times. Like, did she just do that? Did that just happen? I did not see that coming, Kelly. So that alone, watch the film just for the ending, listener. How about you, Kelly? What did you like about this movie? Yeah, I mean, I liked that... I mean, she was herself, like you said, and and she she had her own little routine. She wasn't like a total partier, but like when she felt like dancing, she went dancing. When she felt like, you know, she's just free spirit. Going they to describe the, her character very yeah, well. Yeah, go to the store. Go to the store. I mean, she had no compunction about doing things by herself. Going to a restaurant she by was herself. So independent. Doing, yeah, she was so independent, but just comfortable with herself. Very. And you could see that. So that when she did meet men, like sometimes. She hooked up. Sometimes she didn't. Sometimes she just danced with them. Sometimes she, you know, she did, you know, go out with them, whatever. The whole John Turturro thing is a very interesting twist on the whole. um, That's the name of the actor who plays the boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. Interesting twist on the whole uh, story. Yes. Because he says he's only one year out Out of a divorce. Of a divorce. And it was very obvious. And it was more than obvious. And, but the thing is, it's like it may, but also there's things that happen that make you one is he divorced or isn't he divorced oh I didn't think about that oh I totally was like did he just say that or is he really divorced because his life quite frankly with his uh ex and his daughters is so ridiculously dysfunctional oh my god I'm not even gonna go there but but seriously (laughs) it's so ridiculously but it's relatable because I think uh, there are individuals that you know struggle with how do I date and and have my kids be okay with I mean it and these are adult kids these are adult kids by the way yes yes and so we're not even talking about like Justin Henry territory we're talking about a grown children children who are still but I liked how it added that added that complication yeah yeah it made it interesting it was very interesting because it was all about boundaries yes and that's what I love that's what I appreciated about the film is it was all about boundaries and her oddly even for as independent as she was having to work up her boundaries yes Yes. having to work up the courage to set clear boundaries and yes I love the way she did it at the end yes and (laughs) very satisfying it was very satisfying (laughs) what would you rate this film um um, I give it a three. Three. I give it a three as well. Now we're going to talk about Marriage Story. This is a film about a stage director and his wife who struggle through a terrible, grueling coast-to-coast divorce that pushes them to their personal limits and creative extremes. It stars Scarlett Johansson 
and Adam Driver. It was up for many Oscars. It uh, came out in 2019. It was directed by Noah Baumbach. Okay, I know that you and I have a very similar take on this film, but what what about this film do you want to say? I know I have some things. And we only have a couple of minutes, Kelly, about this film. We could go on and on and on about this one. But what do you want to share about this film? It's, it's interesting. I saw it when I was going through my divorce, and there were some things that I could relate to about the situation. But at the same time, quite frankly, it's rich people's problems. I mean, like they were operating on a whole other level. I mean, it was bi-coastal. They had all this money and stuff that they were arguing over. They could hire these high-powered attorneys. Uh, There was that whole game. Obviously, the highlight of the whole film is Laura Dern's courtroom speech. I mean, I think every woman loves that speech. But otherwise, I mean... I thought there were some things about it that were unrealistic. The fact that she took the kids to the other side of the country, country right. and that was never a big issue in court. How did she get away with that? I mean, you you can barely take your kids across town without it being, you know, a bloody battle. So I, I, there were some things that weren't very realistic and some things that, again, uh, rich people's problems that you and I couldn't relate to. Right. One thing about the film that did resonate with me is how divorce can bring out the worst in us. Yeah. And have us say things that we regret. I know I absolutely experienced that during my divorce. So I had empathy for those characters, even though I couldn't relate to their financial status. I could have empathy how they just tore into each other and then had regret. Yeah. And and by the end, they've worked through that. So I did appreciate that about the film. They have an arc. The characters do have an arc. So that... But it was, it's a painful film to watch. It's not a film. I did not see it for a second time because I, once was enough for me. What would you rate this film, Kelly? Um, I'd say a three. Okay, I gave it a two. A I two. know, I know, I know, okay. I know. Okay, so now we need some levity. So we are going to end on one of my favorite films about life after divorce, and that is Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm sure a lot of you who are listening have seen this movie. It's about a troubled man trying to have access to his children. He's played by Robin Williams, and so he hatches this elaborate plan about how he's going to He's going to be the nanny, the British nanny to his kids. So he convinces his ex, who's played by Sally Field. And there's so many things about this film that I love. What did you love, Kelly? I loved how the film gave Robin Williams' character an opportunity to redeem himself. Yes. Um, because, I mean, Sally Field's character leaves him for a reason. Absolutely. It's, it's not just no. it's not just a callousness. It's, it's She leaves him for a reason. And so he he genuinely does have to redeem himself and he has to go talk about going through the work like he has to go through the work to get back to his kids which is actually in a way justifiable I mean it's it's all comedic it's all silly over the top but it's also justifiable and I also like the other thing that I always appreciated about this movie is how Pierce Brosnan as the boyfriend is portrayed in a nice way he's not some jerk he's not just taking advantage he's not some pervert I mean it's it's he's a decent guy and the fact that she gets to have a decent relationship after let's lean into that yeah so I mean I've always I've always appreciated that about that film and I've seen this film multiple times remind me do the kids have a challenge with him with the boyfriend a little bit a normal discomfort and they have to obviously as mrs doubtfire robin williams character is trying to turn them against him a little bit because he's jealous so there's a little bit of that tug and pull but in the end everybody comes to a better place i thought it'd been interesting to see a little bit more of that challenge because Mm -hmm. i know in my own life that has been an issue with my kids sure and dating uh seeing their parents date so 
That would have been more interesting to me if they could have upped that up a little bit. I think what I really appreciate about this film as well, not just seeing Robin Williams' character's journey and his arc and his comedy, because he's just so brilliant as Mrs. Doubtfire, but also how Sally Field had an arc, because she starts out pretty angry, disgusted with him, and she has her own journey. And I think if more of us could have that, a similar journey, we would be more amicable with our ex-partners, meaning allowing them to redeem themselves. Someone can put forth all the effort, and if you're not going to allow them to change, it's still going to be frustrating for you. Well, and through the comedic element of him basically taking on this drag role, through the comedic element, it allows her and the audience to sort of step out of the normal territory and say, wow, this guy's gone like to such an extreme. To get his kids back. To get his kids back. Like, how can you not give like, him that opportunity? applaud right. that and give him that opportunity? So, I mean, through the comedic element, it's a very, it's a very smart way to do that to bring the audience in because we're in on the joke and Sally Field has to figure it out like but we're as the audience we're in on the joke and it also allows us in a in an odd way to sort of suspend our what would I say prejudice suspend our normal prejudice that we would have against someone like that in real life we just say ah he's a deadbeat but in this movie we oh look at him look at him isn't that we have a lot more compassion a lot more compassion Yeah. yeah Well, now we're going to have another divorced mom who's also a writer and filmmaker join the call. Michelle Trainer, comedian extraordinaire. How are you doing this morning? I am so good, Sadie. Thank you so much for having me with you and Kelly. I'm very excited. Wonderful. Okay, so the first burning question, since you, can, you didn't get to do the official round of burning questions like you did last time when you were on my show, but there mm-hmm. is a burning question I want to ask both of you right now, and that is this. What is Hollywood missing when it comes to films, stories about divorce? I am going to say that it's missing a voice from the people, and I'm not putting any celebrities down. I follow a lot of celebrities, and I want to watch their work, and I want to watch shows. They're on it, but I think that... The trend is let's go where the name is or let's do a remake and let's do this from this voice because this person's known and has so many followers. There is a real voice missing. And there's also, and in, in piggybacking off of that, people are afraid to take risks. I have been in that boat and I went that route of taking a risk and saying what I felt and someone doesn't talk to me anymore for it. And you know what? We need to push more towards that and not be shut down for how we feel and creating from it. So that's a big part of what I think they're missing. It's the real voice and not being afraid to take a risk. Kelly, what would you add to that? I love her comment. And the other thing I would add to that is one of the things I really felt missing from a lot of these films was the whole financial aspect. It's completely skipped over. That is so true. About how you know financially devastating it is for women to get yeah. divorced. And even in the situation in Waiting to Exhale, with Bernadine, Angela Bassett's character. She's going through a very ugly divorce and like they talk about the financial aspect a little bit where she gets the house, but then he drains the bank account. So then there's even a conversation. Well, how am I supposed to make the house payments? You took all the money and he's playing hardball with her with the finances to get what he wants. And then she ends up lawyering up but they never really address, they kind of just skim over it. How does she keep the house? Because in the end, I mean, she does keep the house and she actually does get some decent, you know, compensation right. to, you know, take care of her family. 
but it doesn't, but in that gap, it doesn't really address like, how is she not homeless? How is she not in foreclosure? And I don't think that's realistic because I have known people in that situation. There's no aspirational living there. That's sometimes what people don't want to see. And unfortunately, like shows like race under fire showed it and through a comedic lens. Right. Right. Or, um, there there's been others, but not really in the lens of how does the working class, middle-class family who lives paycheck to paycheck, right. How do we, and, and I mean, the, that's why I created part of my show is I'm like, this is real stuff. A lot of us are dealing with this. And it's like, I don't get to, I don't have the money to go hire a divorce coach or a divorce attorney. That's really going to take care of me because this is all I have. Yeah, right? And so and true. I have degrees. I don't, it's not like I didn't do nothing. Absolutely. I yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Me too. We all, too. all three of us have yeah. gr- right? graduate degrees. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, all three of us have them and it, we, we yeah. still have this financial burden. Yeah, that we got to figure it out. Um, it's funny you mentioned, you know, Grace Under Fire, because on the other end of the spectrum, there's the really, you know, popular series, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. And that's like rich yeah. people's problems. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, like they, Can live, I tell you, they live in a whole I've other stratosphere. Yeah. I actually, that I actually said something too, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Kelly. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm Italian. That's all I do. I don't belong. <laughs> no yeah, offense. She's from Jersey, so she no offense taken. <laughs> Well, because I actually said something to a producer last year on the phone, a friend of a friend. He's like, you should talk to this lady. She's a producer. And I did. And I said, you know, my show is not like the girlfriend's guide to divorce as much as that was cute and fun. It was Bravo. Like, what about us, you know, people who aren't rich? And she goes, well, my best friend wrote that book. And I was like, Ooh. But I, said to her, I, said, I said, well, look, and I said to her, honestly, I was like, look, it was great, but I don't live that life. And not right. many of us do. Right. So true, Michelle. Oh, I'm going to add ladies, and this will surprise both of you, but where are the spicy life after divorce films? Where are the funny comedic films about going on all those awkward first dates and having that great sex? I mean, I just think- My show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Michelle's show. Okay. So that That's is a perfect me. segue. Tell us about your, tell us about your independent film, Michelle, that is doing so well. So, in the- so do- on the festival circuit. Yeah. yeah. So Divorce Diaries is a TV pilot that I've created and it's, it is a film, but it, it's technically a pilot that I'm trying to develop into, not trying, I am developing it into a television series. And it's just a, it's a, just a, it's a process. It's a marathon, you know? And the idea is that my best friend films my life juggling being a single mom, pursuing the comedy career, teaching theater to differently abled children and dating these guys that I actually dated in real life, you know, but I dated these guys where the, some of the sex was great. And some of it was like, are you kidding me? And then they would turn it around on me. And then sometimes it would be like, you know, I think the comedic part of it is like, I just want love. And I want this careers goal, these two career goals and love. Right. And I'm not stopping till I get it. But then as along the way, I start realizing, well, it's really about my self-worth. Yeah. And it's all about like my, this, this comedic lens where it's like, well, you know, every single guy that comes along is the same guy, but wearing a different costume. Right. So it's yeah. more doing that internal work. I definitely have learned that as well. How can the listener find your film, Michelle, or your, well, your learn they, more about your pilot project? So they can go to divorcedairyshow.com. We're, we're making some adjustments to the website so they can see what, where the pilot is going to be screened next. And we're in some talks of possibly, possibly going on to one of the platforms. If they take us, we're, you know, getting, we're, we're talking with someone in sale, a sales rep 
to possibly, you know, if Tubi would pick us up or Crackle. I a lot of times people were saying Crackle would be the great platform for this kind of show and and just we're keep building it. So if they want to know more about the pilot, go to divorcedstaryshow.com. They can also see it in person in Long Island just in July. We just got into another festival. Congratulations. And all the latest news is on divorcedstaryshow.com. Wonderful. And Kelly, tell us about a project you're working on. So right now I am always writing stuff. I have a lot of things, you know, floating around out there. I have a half hour documentary that's going to be on PBS mid-June to late June, uh, starting for a couple years. That'll be floating around on broadcast on the platform and on the educational platform. What's it about your documentary? Uh, It's the one that I did several years ago with Al Milgram called Rediscovering John Berryman. And it played at uh, academic conference, then premiered at TCFF. We got nominated for best short documentary and we thought, well, maybe we should send it out on the festival circuit. And we did. And it went around America and uh, England and Ireland did really well. And then it took me a little while to get the right contacts to get it on PBS, but it's going to be on PBS And then I've got a couple of short uh, narrative films I'll be shooting probably in July up in Duluth because Duluth is the place to be right now if you're a filmmaker. That's a Minnesota listener. Duluth, Minnesota. Lake Superior. So cold, so beautiful. It's so beautiful though. (laughs) And I've got a million other things I could go on. Yes, I could have. have. I've known Kelly for a long time and she always has (laughs) ideas percolating, which I find so inspiring. How can the listener find- you want to hire an actor, I'm here. (laughs) I love the network, networking already. I love it. I love it. How can the listener find both of you on social media? So I'm Divorce Diaries or Divorce Diaries Show or Michelle Trina, either one. And any, any, platform i'm on it i find a way to go on it so clubhouse uh, snapchat linkedin michelle trina divorce diaries the whole nine yards there's there's a thought some people use the name divorce diaries but i actually trademarked it and it's i go to hell and back sometimes and sometimes i'm like ah whatever but divorce diaries divorce diaries show michelle trina and kelly i'm on facebook twitter instagram i have a web page for rediscovering john berryman and rediscovering johnberryman.com and I'm working on a couple other websites. Yes, I'm working on many things, including getting a stronger internet presence. Fantastic. Well, I have loved having you two inspiring, divorce, delicious ladies, storytellers, comedians, producers, directors. So amazing. So inspiring. So thank you for popping on the call, Michelle. Really appreciate you coming all the way from Jersey. Are you in Jersey or New York today? I'm in Jersey. Jersey. I just want to say you're inspiring. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And Kelly, great to have you in studio today. And listener, I will have all of the information that they just shared in the show notes. So thank you so much, ladies, for being part of this episode about divorce in the movies. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was such a delicious conversation. Thank you so much, Kelly and Michelle, for your critique on divorce in the movies. I loved your insights and your thoughts. And listener, now I'm really curious of all those movies we talked about, which ones have you actually seen and what you think about them? So DM me, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. And also, I want you to be sure to listen in to episode 38, if you haven't already. Michelle Trena and I, we did an episode about divorceries and how you can celebrate your divorcery every year. We give you some fun ideas and tips. Again, that's episode number 38 with the lovely comedian Michelle Trena. 
I also really want to thank this month's sponsor, Lovejoy Fine Arts. Be sure to support Lisa and her amazing artistry. You can find her website in the show notes as well. All this conversation about amazing movies and great characters and memorable stories makes me really want to eat some popcorn, but it also really makes me want to share a tip to happiness with you. Say these tips to happiness. My tip to happiness this week is I want you to see change as a catalyst for more opportunity. And every great story, the main character has what's called an arc. Kelly and I refer to this throughout our conversation today. And I love it. I love it when a script gives the protagonist or even a supporting character a solid arc because it shows they've had growth. It shows that their journey and all of the choices and all the hardships that they went through has changed them. And usually, usually these changes bring the protagonist to a place of greater satisfaction deeper peace and truer happiness in their life. Unfortunately, we've been we've been conditioned to think that change only means loss, but the movies, the movies tell us otherwise. And a good screenplay uses change as the opportunity for the protagonist to see herself or see himself in a new way. Change is necessary for growth. There's just no way to get around it. So if you want to grow, lean into change. Plus, I mean, change keeps life fresh and interesting and definitely very spicy. So I encourage you this week to take some time and reflect on how change has led you to greater opportunities and meeting more amazing people and such rich new experiences. And think about also how you've changed since your divorce and how those changes have led you to a more gratifying life. Just to flip it around, maybe there's something you know that you need to change or want to change. Lean into it. Trust the process. After After all, you're the hero of your own story and how you choose to change or what you choose to change will only, in my opinion, get you closer to the happy life that you are meant to have. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and be sure to subscribe, rate, and of course, review the podcast. And I want you to be part of this playful life after divorce community by following me on Instagram and Facebook at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Be sure to also visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net, to download Sadie's Eight Tips to Happiness, and you'll also find all of my podcast episodes on my website as well. If you found value in today's episode, or if you've been listening to the podcast for some time now, consider being an official sponsor. Just email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about this tasty opportunity. And speaking of tasty, you can also treat me to a cup of coffee. It's simple. Just visit buymeacoffee.com dot com backslash Sadie Marie and you can buy me a cup or two online and I thank you in advance for your support. Again, I'm your host Sadie Marie and I look forward to connecting with you on the next spicy episode. Until then, be sure to treat yourself to some delicious act two fun.